Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben. And I am Keith. And we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks webcast. Where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? Ding dong. Hello, my name is Joe, and I would like to share with you this book of Geekitude. Ding dong. Hello. Many of you know me as Epic Grays, various video games and social media. Welcome to this episode 151 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. And we're not even going to pretend that Rob's not here today. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, if I am doing a weird intro, Rob is one of our guests. <laughs> How you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> And uh, and of course we are also joined by Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good. That was fantastic. <laughs> and I haven't listened to Book of Mormon in years, so I'm like barely remembering how it goes. That's great. Uh, we've got a lot to cover in a very short time to do it in, so we're going to jump right into our weekly geekery. What have you guys been up to? It's been only a couple days, but I know last time I was on with you, I hadn't given all of my stuff, so I'm sure you've got some stuff lurking in there. Um, Yeah, I actually did as I said I was going to do for once, and I actually watched uh, the first episode of The Boys, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, I really liked, you know, I, I... wasn't crazy about watching it when I first heard it announced. And I know, you know, I've, I've liked Garth Ennis comic books in the past and it seemed like a, you know, something that I normally I would be into, but I think I had this vision once I heard of, of about the, the premise of the show, right. Or, or, or the book or the story, which, you know, it's kind of a very cynical take on superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I guess the boys, I'm not quite exactly clear I think it ends up being this like group of like what like street level like people like cops or something that that are are looking to take down the, the superheroes a peg or two, right? Do I have that right, Joe? Yeah, I mean it's not even cop level; it's just like disgruntled people that happen to have been dedicating right. their life to to revenge on on superheroes. Right, right, and and I'm just. I don't know. I think I had a particular vision of that that's kind of been done before. And I was like, eh, I don't know, you know, um, but I really enjoyed the first episode. I think that the kind of the way they went about some of the reveals and the story um, and the violence was more understated than I was expecting because I've heard about how gory this, <laughs> this show is. Um, 
but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I like, I like how the first episode set up a couple of mysteries, uh, had a few surprises and we know we're in store for more surprises. So, um, I was pretty disciplined with myself only watching one episode and not staying up too late last night. So I'm excited to dive back in today. Um, and then I took the plunge, Joe, and I signed up for Marvel Unlimited today. Are you loving it? Oh my God. It's, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> like, it's overwhelming. It's like, I don't know where to start. Like that's, that's what happened to me. I was like, I don't, I'm going to go read new mutants. Cause it's my favorite. Yeah. I actually did. I, I, as soon as I signed up and opened it up, I felt the same thing and I thought, okay, I need a plan. So I did some research, um, you know, what are, you know, best Marvel stories, obviously, you know, the, all the, all the, the major storylines that we're well, classic stories that we know of came up and I was like, okay, maybe something a little more recent because I, I want to dive into what's going on now, but I also mm-hmm. want to know how we got to where we are now. Right. 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 So I, so I found a, actually I found a couple of really cool, like archive, like web, web websites or blogs that like listed like the best Marvel storylines of 2000 of the two thousands, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just added so much stuff already to my reading list. <laughs> there is so much going back to like, and then what happens of course is, Hey, you know, I never read that Christopher priest run on black Panther for Marvel Knights back in the day. So then that gets added. Right. And then they make a recommendation based on that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I started uh, Alias, a.k.a. Jessica Smith, uh, Jessica Jones back in the day and I never finished it. OK, that goes on the list. And then just before I knew it, I just had to, I never read Dark Rain. I never read the updated Secret Wars. I never read. I mean, dude, the list just goes on. It's, I'm trying it's, so hard not to say things about each of these titles. As you bring <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rob. I appreciate that. But yeah, I, I originally just signed up this morning thinking I'm going to be able to read the Thor comics by Jason Aaron that I love so much. And then I'm like, oh, he wrote Wolverine for a while. Oh, he wrote Ghost Rider back in the day. So all of that stuff is on my list now. I love that you can, you can search by series. You can search by author you can like like there's just so many ways you can fall down a rabbit hole in yep. marvel unlimited it it really is a very very cool yep app. yep i'm um, so i'm super that that's the geeky shit i mean we only had a couple of days since we recorded last and i've been up to my neck in geeky stuff so nice how about you rob i see one of my favorite things on your list that makes me happy yeah, well, I almost, I'm, I also see your list. I wonder if you should go first. Do you want to go first? <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, so I'm not proud, but I'm also not ashamed of saying that when the digital copy of Endgame came out on um, Amazon Prime on the 30th, um, I downloaded it like as soon as I got up at like 7 in the morning. And because <laughs> I was off for the summer, I watched the three-hour movie. I then watched the hours worth of special features and all that fun stuff. And then went back and watched the three hours of movie with director commentary. And then just played from on your left to Iron Man snap <laughs> like 20 times because that's my favorite part of the entire movie. And I don't care if there's better stuff elsewhere. Like I just, I can watch that battle scene for the, like, <laughs> Like that will be my heaven. If I die and it's just that on on loop, I I will be happy for eternity. 
That's great. And of course, I had to text Robin or text Ray and say, hey, um, I don't know what you're doing with your day, but this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I bought I bought the digital download. Um, I didn't watch the three hour movie again because when Far From Home came out that day, I did a double feature. I watched Endgame, which was back in theaters, and then immediately after we watched Far From Home. So, but I did dive right into the special features. Thank you so much for giving me the heads up that it starts with the Stanley tribute that is just like, which is oh my rough God. when you start, like when you do it right after like Endgame, and you're like, you've watched all of Endgame and you're already emotionally drained. And then they're like, Stanley Memorial featurette. You're like, God damn it. What are you yes. doing, Marvel? <laughs> and I did the, I did the director's commentary. It's actually both directors and both writers, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it was nice. like, there was a couple of things where I'm like, ah, yep. I see. That's what you were doing. That's a little <laughs> hint for later on. I'll keep yep. that in mind. Yep, that's great. So, how does that tie into yours, Rob? Well, so I honestly, I haven't seen Endgame since the first time I saw it in the theaters. I kept meaning to go back. I, I kept meaning to want to go back when it was. Uh, re-released, not because I cared about extra content, just because I hadn't gotten back to the theater and I wanted to see it at least one more time, and I didn't. But uh, And I think I've mentioned this on my show at some point as well, uh, and certainly on Slack. One of my favorite things right now when I'm it's bad to do when you're bored, but if you feel the need for emotions is I'll watch the reaction videos when people pull out their cell phones in the actual theater. Mm-hmm. And you hear audiences absolutely lose their mind opening weekend at certain oh, moments in that film, you know, on your left. Uh, oh, I, man. I, I hear some people calling it Thundercap or uh, some uh-huh. people call it the dual, the dual wielding or whatever. I got to uh, watch these. I, I didn't know these existed. Oh, oh yeah. man. Well, it's for me, it started with um, Thor in Infinity War, the bring me Thanos moment, because that's like they play up to it, right? The music swells. They literally do like four reaction shots because they know people will be cheering so much in the theater uh, mm-hmm. as soon as he shows up, you know, and the, and his hammer goes flying around and it pulls back to him and we get a bunch of reaction shots. The audience cheers. And then he says, bring me Thanos. And he launches himself into the sky. The sky darkens. His eyes light up. You know, the, the lightning is everywhere and he comes crashing down in, into the army and the audience completely loses their mind. That's where I started. I would just watch like 10 minute clips of just oh, that. Man. From, but here's the thing. <laughs> That's great. It's from audiences all over the world. People will put a compilation together, so you'll see it with different like language subtitles at the bottom. And so it's also this idea of this unifying force of geekery. Like if you want, you know, like Joe saying that it's sort of that, if it's just that on repeat, that's heaven. I would say if you wanted to summarize all that is, you know, geekitude and the idea behind the show and everybody getting together and being geeky, Watch these videos where it's audiences of completely different people from completely different cultures all over the world, and everybody is losing their mind at it because it's so earned, you know, and and hits you. And um, now I normally try to sound a bit more exciting, you know, when I podcast and stuff because it's better content, right? It's better audio. And if I'm out with friends, like Joe's met me once, I talk a lot. But I feel like when I'm around people, you know, that hypes me up more. But I'm not normally known for being a very, like, emotional person. Uh, I ugly cry when I watch these <laughs> videos. Like, it is the most emotional I probably get ever is just watching these things. Uh, so I actually watched that sequence myself a couple times today, just randomly. I don't remember why I did. 
Um, but it popped up on YouTube when I was taking a break from working. So that was, that's my main thing. Uh, beyond that, I'm also slowly reading it by Stephen King, just cause Ooh. I've never read a Stephen King novel and the second film is coming out. I never saw the original, um, what was it like a mini series on television? Is that correct? Yeah. I've never seen that. So the only thing I know about it comes from the first film and just general things you absorb through pop culture. Mm. Um, so How old are you, Rob? I am 34. Okay. Yeah, that's. I have a couple of friends. Most of my friends are younger than me. Uh, we just watched the first It movie, well, the, the recent remake, uh, uh, the first It, and yeah. uh, they had never seen it before. And we watched it together and they really liked it. And I said, yeah, what an improvement over the original television series. And they both looked at me like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I was well, like, yes. It's, <laughs> it's just a thing that never came around. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't watch a lot of movies when I was a kid, which is hilarious. Cause then I went and studied film and, and that's what I went to college for. Mm. Um, but certainly not a lot of horror. You know, I didn't really start getting into that until high school and college and it is just one of those things I never got around to do. Like, I love the stand miniseries. I've seen the Salem's, that. I've seen the Salem's lot one, you know, um, but I, I just never got around to it. And I have friends who absolutely love it. I have friends who cosplay as Pennywise. Um, and it's, it's just something I haven't done. So I decided I would sit down and read it and I'm hoping to cram through it the next couple of days. I'm going to be traveling a bit. Um, and then um, the only other thing, so I was trying to think of other things that I've done in the last couple of days. And that's just that uh, the wife and I are doing a rewatch of Schitt's Creek. So yes. we, we tend to focus on one show and just kind of do a rewatch. And, are you uh, completely caught up through latest season? Oh, oh, absolutely. We went on Amazon Prime and spent money because we wanted to watch the, the, uh, the Christmas special. And it wasn't on any of the streaming services yet. Yeah, so we went like- and, and bought the episode through Amazon. If if I haven't like cried its praises from the mountaintops enough, like if you have not seen Shit's Creek, like I don't know anybody who's watched it and not loved it. Like it's and it, yeah, because so at first we we didn't know what to really make of it the first time we watched, it, and it was like, well, let's try a couple, and then it was very much like um, the way Parks and Rec grew on the wife as well. Where at first mm-hmm. weren't really sure, the further we got into it, you know, that really grew, and and now. Um, she very much enjoys the the show. So this is, I think, our second full rewatch, but we've certainly popped in and, and before and watched the seasons as they were coming out. Um, I, I love Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, but I honestly could watch an entire series that was nothing but Alexis and David. Like, <laughs> I think they're the best thing about the show. I just They just crack me up. So the episode we watched right before this one was David getting his driver's license again. Um, right after Stevie, I I guess spoilers for season, what is that? Two or three of uh, Schitt's Creek. But when, when Stevie inherits the hotel, Uh so it's the episode where, where, um, Johnny Rose agrees to, to be the partner, but just, we were talking about it and the, the way that the, the actress, um, is able to simply, you know, her entire character just from the way she says her brother's name. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and how good that is between her, the way her body movement is, the way her face moves, and the way she says, David, yeah, well, is, and you then, know everything about her character. And and I feel like she's got such a great, authentic story arc for a character that's supposed to be a caricature. Yes. Like, like she grows so much, and you're just like, I want all the good things for this character. 
That's yeah, great. It's um, nice. the, the last thing I want to say, because we talked so much about Endgame and you were talking about Endgame reaction videos. So the last two days, um, today and yesterday, I, I started back at school, but we're just doing teacher like prep days. And so we these were the English drinking, day drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, we, we did, um, our English department meetings and one of the things we often talk about, because I'm at a, a little bit of a, um, you know, let's try some wacky things kind of school. Nice. And we often bring up the idea of, of canon and what, like, what books should they know? Why should they know them? Should we really be pushing canon books on them? They're old. They might be outdated, but there's so many inferences. And we're kind of feeling right now that we kind of need to create a new lexicon of things that people need to know. Hallelujah. Yeah, because I mean, like, I'm never going to give up my Shakespeare because I love my Shakespeare. But uh, like, do we need to see all like, do we need to read Pride and Prejudice? Do we need to read? And one of the things that we were talking about was, well, we want literary analysis. You know, we have to teach literary analysis, but we're not doing um, we're doing a literary analysis on these books that kids don't like to read and that when they get to, unless they are going to be literature majors are never going to analyze literature like this again. Yeah. Why are we not analyzing other things? Because they'll sit and have entire conversations about the MCU and that's literary analysis and they don't even realize they're doing it. And so it's like, why can't we capitalize on that? And so I've just decided that the MCU needs to be canon and everybody should watch it. Like, it's just like, it should just be required material in school. I tell you what, Joe, have your students read the infinity gauntlet and, and split that apart. I mean, it's, you can, cause you can look at it both for May. This was created to make money as a big crossover, but then it's also Jim Starlin who does these giant big ideas Mm-hmm. and did some things that people hadn't done before. I mean, I would say Watchmen, but obviously that's probably not age appropriate. Right. Joe, well, and then but the- I read I read comics in college. Could you could you draw like a connection between some of the Marvel stories and themes and like stuff from classic literature? Oh yeah, absolutely because it all it's it all comes from the same stuff. I mean, not to sound jaded, but there really isn't any new stories. Like there's a um a book out there called save the cat, which goes through <laughs> like, I don't know. It, I know it's from film writing, but it's also now yeah, yeah, being yeah. used in novels. It's and like it's so like, many basic plots, right? Yeah. These are the basic plots. And yeah. the difference between them is your, your voice, your, um, the world you create, right, the setting, the plots, the plots there, yeah. but all of, so, so I'm actually starting my school year teaching that and teaching, um, a book called, um, how to read like a professor where they talk about, you know, communal meals mean community and like what all these symbolism that you're going to see repeated over and over in literature, because it's like, we can sit here and dissect pride and prejudice, which three kids have read because they now take pride in the fact that they can just hop online and know everything about the book in five minutes and not have to read it at all. So we could do that. Or I could sit there and say, well, these are all the things you need to analyze literature. Now let's analyze stuff you actually want to analyze. Let's, let's, you know, I'm going to be doing the Odyssey this year. So we're going to be watching Star Wars. Yeah. Because they're both the hero's journey. 
And so, so yeah, so I was like, I wanted to use, I wanted to use Nando's, um, fix of Endgame that last scene. But I, it's one of those things where it's like, if I actually have students who have not seen the MCU, I don't want to show them Endgame and then be like, yeah, you know, out of context. I'm like, you just need to, you just need to. That's part of his one small change series, which is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. So it's like this year is going to be very much about bringing in pop culture into the classroom. Cause if I'm going to be doing this for another 20 years, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta bring the geek back into it because it's like, Oh my God. Oh man. And more than that, you got to inspire kids to love reading and exactly. love the English language. And you're not going to do that by throwing things at them with which they yeah, have they no bounce off of contemporary. Yeah, they they need to have some sort of contemporary reference. Yeah, the one it. year, the one summer that I had to um, come up with my own, um, I guess course outline. Um, I had to. I was I was teaching a class, substitute teaching, but for the entire summer, a class in Boyle Heights, where I had to cover uh, PE, uh, reading comprehension, history, and art in the same day, and um, I chose a book that I thought they could best relate to, but I always started the day with comic books mm-hmm. brought in my entire collection of graphic novels. And I was like, pick something, you know, you can base it on the cover. If you have questions about what the story's about, I'll tell you, I've read all of these. So at least it wasn't so daunting. It was SSR, but it wasn't, or, you know, sustained silent reading for those of you that didn't go to iPoly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it was hopefully more accessible and it wasn't as daunting because it wasn't like pages and pages of like blocks of text, you know? Um, and then from there, we went into, you know, Reign of Gold, is a, a book about, you know, this this Latino family's, um, um, I guess, generational move from Mexico to United States and, you know, brings them all the way up to current times. My first thought was not like, Oh, what's canon that they need? It's like, no, my first thought was, what will they connect to? What will, what will make them kind of interested in reading and maybe be able to see themselves in the story, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that sounds great. What you're doing. I couldn't imagine doing this for as long as you have without finding, you know, ways to keep it interesting for yourself too, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and the good and the bad of it is a couple of, uh, like, one or two years ago, the curriculum changed up on us and they switched from like biology at sophomore year to, to physics and like it threw all our projects into wow. like disarray. Yeah. But it was great because I was like, nope, not doing that anymore. Nope, not doing that anymore because yeah. I was so locked in because of the project. Yeah. So, so this year, especially because, because I got the principal's daughter in my class this year. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be, I gotta, I gotta bring the A game this year. Daily reports so, on Hogan. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm like, uh, like I'm tired of fighting against the tide. I, I understand as an adult that there are books that they can relate to if they give it a chance. Like I, I still love brave new world. I still teach brave new world. Mm. Um, I think it's more relevant now than it was when I first started teaching because the world be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little disturbed. <laughs> um, but they've got it in their mind that this is an ap- academic book. Mm-hmm. It's going to be boring. I'm not going to read mm-hmm. it. And I can't fight against that anymore. Yeah. So we're we're gonna throw up some Star Wars. We're gonna throw up some, you know, possibly some Marvel stuff. Um, I just have to be able to justify it and use lots of graphic. Work. How about Twilight? Maybe do Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> this is what not to do. With the you laugh, but I don't think this is the last time we're gonna talk about Twilight. I- <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> say you mean you mean Twilight of the Gods? Alan Moore's proposed. <laughs> oh, Rob! <laughs> so hopeful. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be back, and we're going to finish our conversation about the DCU. We're going to do some casting. We're going to we're going to give them some some faces to them names. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the geek to geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! I'm Void. And I'm Beach, And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. So we're back. And before we get into casting, um, you've had a couple of days to kind of sit on each other's um, timelines and ideas. Like, what what are you thinking? Like, any changes you want to make to yours? Any suggestions for the other one? I mean, I... I, I think we made it through maybe two phases of my kind of overall plan that I was that I was considering. But mm-hmm. of course, bouncing off of like Rob's ideas, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to steal a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved. I mean, for the first, you know, and and we we did acknowledge that we took very different approaches to this to to the, the DC, you know, fixing the DC universe. My, I I guess I'm kind of hopeful in thinking when it comes time to fix this whole franchise and, and cinematic universe, it'll be hopefully at a point where we're ready for another Superman movie, Superman one, as opposed to having to start, you know, just dive right in and, and not acknowledge uh, uh, mm-hmm. origin stories of any kind. Um, so my, that's why my phase one, and I think we were all agreement in that Superman is the linchpin of this whole universe, right? He, he is what should define you know, the, the, the DC superheroes for everyone else to sort of bounce off of, including Batman. That's the, that's the, those are the two right there. And then if you want to expand it one more, Wonder Woman. So 
that's why my phase one focus solely on that trilogy. To me, it's like, it's that important. They deserve their due. You know, we can, we can build phase one around the death of Superman um, and have like a Superman trilogy in that phase one. Um, probably different than how you, you two were, were thinking of, you know, getting to a good DC cinematic universe from where we are now. Um, but, oh, I mean, my, my Batman story, I thought, yes, a detective story would be great. Um, and, and my thinking was for the character's arc, I wanted Batman to go to start in a place where he's, he's kind of jaded. He's, he's definitely militant in his approach to what he does, sees the world in very black and white. Definitely the, the fascist version of, of Batman um, that, you know, we've seen in comics before uh, works alone again um, and take him from there. And then over the course of his character arc, uh, get to a place where he doesn't see the world in black and white. He doesn't work alone. As a matter of fact, the opposite, he has a whole family of, you know, supporting the, the we, we get the whole Batman supporting cast in there. Nightwing, Robin, uh, you know, Batwoman um, and, and the rest as well. So, and, and that should reflect his kind of worldview and how he approaches what he does. Right. But what I also liked about that is that at the end, towards the end of his arc, now he has more to lose because he does have this family. And so that kind of like ups the stakes. And I was like, well, okay. If he's starting from that really loner, dark kind of black and white worldview place, who's someone that he can bounce off of that'll kind of show that to us. And I was having a hard time. I'm like me, the best I could come up with was two face just because he obviously sees the world in black and white and, you know, that sort of thing. But I loved, I, I don't know why I didn't even think about the court of owls. And I loved that idea from Rob where it, it, they kind of are like a version of Batman. And as you said before, Rob, it, it introduces Gotham as a real character and brings that whole history. So that's like, for sure, I thought, okay, Court of Owls, first Batman movie out the gate, Court of Owls makes sense. It de- it defines the character for us in a new way. Um, yeah, I love that idea. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking then. Uh, <laughs> no, and I then bust for, in. I just I figured I'd let you go. For Superman 2, I've always had this idea. So back in my younger years, I actually did – come up with and this is before man of steel and you know the whole marvel cinematic universe i was just like hey if i wanted to make because i almost went to film school i I, that was something that i thought i was eventually going to do um and i was practicing writing scripts and and doing like you know three act structures and stuff and so i started to plan out like a series of superman films that took place over five movies um that you know started with his origin and ended with um with dark side. And I thought this one of those movies, I wanted to structure like the Godfather part two, you know how the Godfather part two, we see two storylines happening and we go back and forth between them. And one of them is like present day, you know, the Corleone family and, and Michael Corleone sort of like taking things over and doing what he's doing. But then we also get to see uh, uh, Robert De Niro star as a young um, uh, Vito Corleone and, and how he comes from Italy and how mm-hmm. he like starts the whole family. I thought, wouldn't it be great to, in order, instead of doing Superman's origin in the first movie, just start with him like new, new to the daily 
uh, uh, planet in Metropolis. And in the second Superman movie, then we can go back Godfather two style with a, with a, with these two narratives, one taking place in uh, Krypton and the other one taking place in present day Metropolis. And I thought that would be a good way to have someone like Brainiac be the villain in Superman two, but we see what Brainiac mm-hmm. was back on Krypton. So, you know what I mean? So like he's, he's, He's fighting this villain now and kind of getting to know him, but we're also seeing where that all came from, as well as, you know, touching on his origin. And I still like that idea of, of setting up a Superman movie with that sort of, of ne- dual narrative. Which would make, because I have never found Krypton done interestingly. Like, I feel like, I feel hmm. like it's either rushed or it's belabored, but they don't give it enough story. They just kind of like, we're going to say that, you know, people don't believe that the world's going to end and they got to do something about it. And that's as deep as they go. It would be nice to see something going on on Krypton. That's a little bit deeper than just that surface level. Well, this is how we start Superman. Yeah. You mean and that like, stuff's been like, oh, a, go ahead, go ahead. Like a whole TV show <laughs> about Krypton. I didn't bother. I, I heard bad things. So I didn't even bother. Was it any good? Uh, I have not I have not watched it, but I heard uh, the actor that plays um, I don't even know the name of the character because I think it's Jor El's father, right? So it's Superman's grandfather. Oh wow! Like that, they go uh, way back. Yeah, but uh, he was on uh, Fat Man Beyond, the Kevin Smith's podcast, and he actually laid yeah. out what the plot is. And Kevin Smith also had sort of written the show off. He was trying to be nice about it, and when he found out what the show actually was about, he was far more. Mm-hmm. on board and that's that this you find out there's a character in there uh and you eventually find out it's zod and you realize the whole story is general zod going back in time to try to save krypton because that's all his character has ever been about is wanting to save or bring back mm-hmm. krypton so the whole yeah. show is actually zod going back in time to uh figure out a way to save the planet or something along those lines uh, which in itself sounds really interesting. Like that'd be a really fun Elseworld story to read. So maybe it would make a good TV show. But then in my head, I think, eh. But unless you're doing the Netflix eight mm-hmm. episode thing, if you're trying to make it into a twenty three episode hour long drama, yeah. and then because it has to be Superman related, you're gonna lay all of these weird Easter eggs. Like they're bringing, yeah. like they're bringing in Lobo, and they did Brainiac, and they're doing Doomsday. Now, granted, Doomsday looks a lot better in the the teaser that I saw for the next season that came out of Comic Con uh, than he did on really anywhere else. Certainly, Batman v Superman, uh, but you know, it's still it's still that thing. But it's there. So, if you're talking about I... wanting to see a thing about early Krypton, here's a whole show for you, Joe. <laughs> There's stuff in the comics about early Krypton too, isn't there? Oh, certainly. If you go back into things like the Silver Age and stuff, they they tell yeah. those types of stories. Um, and that whole origin kind of keeps getting rewritten because it's the Jor El is a yeah. part of what I believe is called the Science Council. Yeah, and they're yeah. and they eventually roll it into. I don't know if it was John Byrne when he did Man of Steel, and I think it was '86 mm-hmm. post Crisis, where they yes. turned it about. It was because they used too much of the planet's natural resources. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the core. Right. 
started to um, have problems or something along those lines, but it's changed a couple have of times. Have seen the meme on Facebook yeah. that's like, growing up, I always wondered how ridiculous it was. I thought about how ridiculous it was that there would be an entire planet of people that would hear all these warnings from experts that the world was was being depleted and didn't want to do anything about it. And nowadays, I'm just like, hmm, I see. Yeah, the, yeah. the billions of tons of ice in a single day uh, thing. Oh, Yeah. Woo. Yeah, All right, so comic books. Scary. Okay, so bright, yeah. Bright, shiny costumes, people flying. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm fine with, with how certain stories choose to kind of update, you know, the, the, the themes or, or uh, the, the, some of the, like, uh, uh, I don't know. To me, it's like you said uh, on the last episode, Rob, you know, with Marvel, they were kind of they took a, a unique approach where they just would continuously update their characters' origins to make sense for whatever time we're telling the story in, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like there's some of that going on as well at DC, and and I'm fine with it. My thing is just tell a good mm-hmm. story in the end. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you can make Krypton interesting, that'd be great. I think what Warner Brothers does with these TV shows, though, it's I feel like someone needs to tell them just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. Hey, we could have a whole TV show about Alfred the Butler. Yeah, we could do that. Should we do that though? <laughs> right. Though at, though at the same time with the other shows, and I say this not having watched any of the DC shows in quite a while, but knowing what they started doing with like the Flash, where they straight up said, "We just started swinging for the fences. We never knew when we would get canceled." So we said, "You know what we're doing? We're going to do Great Shark or is uh." Shoot, King now Shark. I forget. It's a great white King Shark. I kept thinking Great White Shark. That's a different villain. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do King Shark, and they're like, "You're gonna do the giant shark man." They're like, "Yeah, screw it. <laughs> we're, we're swinging for the fences." And I love that yeah. though. So part of me yeah. is saying, "Don't do it," but I also don't want them to be reeled in. I want them to make the Alfred television show so that they can learn what works and what doesn't through trying things, rather uh-huh. than. Don't try at all. Stay safe. And we just keep getting Batman and Superman movies over and over and over again because they don't think anything else is going to work, which is where uh, if I'm going to jump in a little bit is um, I don't necessarily think that I agree with Ray when he says that Superman has to be the crux. I think that makes the most sense if you do it right. But again, and I, I don't remember if we talked about it while we were recording or afterwards, Marvel started with Iron Man and we were all flabbergasted mm-hmm. because he was a C-list yeah. hero. Nobody really cared about Iron Man. And then they did Guardians of the Galaxy and everyone's head was spinning. Um, yeah, there were those Eternals. of us that had... <laughs> right, and then they're doing the <laughs> yeah. Eternals. But they've proved that you can do that. So I don't... Maybe you do build the new DC uh, cinematic universe off of The Flash. Because there's no reason you can't. If it's a good enough movie, and to roll it into where we're headed, if it's cast well, and it's a good story, and the film is made well, people will respond to it. It doesn't have to be Superman. It doesn't have to be Batman. You know, it oh, could, totally. It could I agree be Booster that. Gold. Like, why not? You know, it could be when I, yeah. like, when I say that Superman is important to DC, I mean the way Captain America is important to Marvel. Right, but you don't have to build the entire cinematic universe off of it. I think you could start because I think Marvel did the legwork for DC, and I think if they did Justice League correctly, I think they still could have done it. I think they still could have jumped in feet first, and we could have had a full 
Justice League team, I just would not have made it an origin of the Justice League film. But Wrong. if it starts with, you know, Batman and you see a bunch of things whizzing in the background and he just looks exhausted and he's like, Wally, what are you doing? And we see it's the Flash. That's it. We're done. We don't need any other backstory, you know? If you could go back to 2000 whatever and tell <laughs> and show Marvel, you know, tell them that they're about to build this, you know, cinematic universe, would they start with Iron Man? If they saw what it turned into, I would think so. Otherwise, I think I, they would start with Spider-Man or the X-Men if they had everybody. Yeah, that's what I think right. Ray and I talked about that after you logged off uh, last time is that, like, I think the fact that they didn't have control over all their properties kept them from ha- going either chronologically and starting with the Fantastic Four or going, well, who are our biggest sellers? All right, we'll do Spider-Man and Wolverine. And, right. and it right. forced them to kind of start in the weeds so, a little bit. Yeah. Despite all this massive success they've had, I still don't think if they were starting it today, they would start with Iron Man. They would start with one of their big guns. And so I'm saying DC, if they were going to start, they probably would start with Superman. And to me, that would make sense. Now, in terms of public, you know, patience and <laughs> and <laughs> wariness and, you know, all that stuff... Would it be a good idea to do it now? Absolutely not. I, I, you know, I agree with you on that. That's why I'm saying the the approach that I took was more like, okay, best case scenario, we've had time, you know, for for all of this started to, we've had time for Sam Raimi's or 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 actually, um, God, Mark Webb's spy, Amazing Spider-Man films to sort of, you know, seek into the into the the distance a little bit. Now, you know, if we were starting it. From from scratch, I would want to start with Superman because, especially that first phase is if if I wanted to if I want Superman's death to be a story that we do and I wanted to have real impact, let's do that with the first phase and end it the first phase with that, and then we can do the whole second phase without Superman. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we can really really stretch the universe, really make Superman's death count, show how he's missed, so that when he does come back in the Justice League movie, it's a big deal. Not what we just got from Justice League, um, which, oh, my God. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think if you did it where, like, and, and even now, even if we're, you know, we can say, well, maybe it's not time. We need to go a different direction before we come back to Superman. If they turn around and made one next year and it was an uplifting, bright, colorful, it ends with him, you know, winking at the camera mm-hmm. and flying away. And it feels, you know, like Christopher Reeves' backs again in the whole thing. Um Mm-hmm. then I think people would say, all right, we're on board for the DC universe now. And I think I any other film, a Batman film, anything else, they they might be like, oh, I'm on board for more Batman films. But if it was this bright and you're like, this is so tonally different from the Marvel films, it still yeah. feels epic in a completely different way. These are the actual kid-friendly ones where we're not seeing somebody lop somebody else's head off. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, this yeah. is the other direction. Then, then on that sense, I agree. But... So we can keep moving forward. Let me say then, if that was going to happen, who is your Superman? Oh, I have two man. Ones, but I'm not thrilled with either of them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did you have ideas, Ray, or do you want me to just jump in? Not even. Okay. Um, and I, I did some. I like. It was funny. I picked people, and then I went back and said, "All right, well, who are other people picking?" It's the same damn people. So I didn't feel like I was like way out in left field. 
but I have two options for you. I have the the more happy-go-lucky Superman, and I have the more intense we-can-go-dark-with-him Superman. So I like, and I'm, most of my casting choices are on the older end, and I'm aware of that, but I was kind of looking at it as from starting with an established universe and, and working from there. Mm. Um, so I have Matt Bomer as as your more happy-go-lucky Superman. Where have I heard of him from? Um, he was in um, Magic Mike. He is what else has he been in? Um, you're going to ask me this: The uh, Normal he, Heart, In Time. Um, he looks great. Yeah, he he's been playing most recently Will's boyfriend in Will and Grace. Um, but he's just kind of got that look, and he's a damn good actor. Uh, he's been in American yeah. Horror Story. Uh, he definitely looks the part. white collar. That's what he, he's kind of started in. Yeah, white collar was okay. And then, if you want the more darker, grittier, dramatic Superman, uh, Wes Bentley. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I can't. He's too weird. I can't see Wes Bentley. You know who Wes Bentley could play? He could play Bruce Wayne. Maybe he could. But yeah. I kind of like him. At, I mean, he's got the look. And I like that's why I said if you want to go with a little darker Superman, one that's going to be a little bit more angsty, I think yeah. you, go, you go that direction. I like the Matt Dor- Matt Bormer uh, pick though. Yeah, well, what if we, we'll go ahead. Michael B. How about Michael B. Jordan? You remember yes. when that was a discussion? Hell yeah, I would be so in for that, but I doubt they could afford him at this point or get him. Well, if they go if they go multiverse uh, in the comic books, the Earth Two Superman is black. Yeah, that would I would, I'd be happy with either Michael B. Jordan or Matt Bomer, honestly. We had a either big conversation both. about this once about um Yeah, a, we did. A black Superman. Like that's one of the few characters that changing the race like inherently changes the character because and I think in interesting ways and I want to see that movie. But yeah. but if you're trying to keep it mainstream, I don't know that that's the one you take the 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 chance on with uh blind casting. The, the, yeah. the Midwest corn fed farm boy type thing. I well, suppose. the discussion that, that was had was like a, a Superman that grows up with dark skin is going to have a much different cultural experience than Clark Kent did. That's right. True. If he grew up in Kansas, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a little different there. Yeah. So it's just, it's just like, I think it's, an, I would love to see that movie, but I don't know if you're going to do a mainstream universe that that's the direction you go. Um, yeah. I have, I, this is, okay, I said we're going to possibly bring up Twilight again, and I'm actually, I'm doubling down on it because we're, we're already getting, um, what's his face for Batman? Um, Pattinson, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. I'm so excited about this. Explain. I'm not upset about it, but I want to know. Because, okay. I'm 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 gonna get there, but first I'm gonna say I had a feeling your casting choices were gonna be a bit older, and that's one of the reasons why I kind of struggled with casting myself because I constantly th- my brain is like, oh, who are the hot actors of today's 2005 <laughs> movie scene? And then I'm like, oh wait, I'm fucking 40 and it's 2019, and I'm out of touch, and so I end up having to do a lot of research on. Who are the up and coming bright young faces today? Who are the 20 to 26 year old actors and actresses that are more likely to be cast in these roles? Right. Especially if you're thinking over the long haul. Right. Mm -hmm. So. So with that said, 
you you know this actor Robert Pattinson. You know him from Twilight. I never watched the Twilight movies. I wasn't really that. You you're a teacher, so you know, you're, you're a high school teacher. So you you it was unavoidable for you. I feel like it, it was. Uh, I did it. I did it to try and 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 relate, and decided that relating <laughs> was not ever worth that ever. <laughs> Yeah, you dipped the toe and you were like, nope, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> um, but he has been, he has done some really great character work. Um, good Time was awesome. <laughs> um, Remember Me, he was actually good in that as well. He is weird and he has, did you, you didn't see Cosmopolis, did you? I think it was called no. Cosmopolis. No. That, oh man, that is a, um, that's a David Cronenberg movie. And you know, Cronenberg from like Videodrome, mm-hmm. like Robert Pattinson has been making very specific choices with his career since Twilight. You know, he mm-hmm. is interested in uh, really weird, quirky, meaty roles, and he wants to stretch himself as an actor. So I'm excited after going through all of that and doing all these smaller films that not that many people saw. I'm really excited about his choice to now say, you know what? I'm I'm ready to step back into the limelight and I'm going to play Bruce Wayne because I feel like we're we're he's a different person from Twilight era. And and honestly, I never watched those movies, so my image of him on screen is not tainted by by any of that stuff. Well, I am going to say like both him and Kristen Stewart, I I do have to say I don't think anybody should ever like judge them by twilight because <laughs> I, I do think it was the director. I really truly do think it was the director because I've seen both of them and other stuff since then. Yeah. And, and, and the they, they have been decent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like the director just didn't know what they were doing, but um, I, 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 I kind of doubled down. I didn't just do twilight. I did um, 50 shades of gray. Oh. Cause I don't know if you know, Jamie Dornan. I don't know if you're familiar with Jamie Dornan. But he is like I cannot see anybody else as Batman. Oh, really? Oh, Ray, if you haven't watched The Fall, um, Gillian Anderson plays this British um, detective, and she's hunting down the serial killer. Yeah, and the serial killer the, she sent the, oh this show, yeah, yeah, and and she's hunting down um, Jamie Dornan's as a serial killer, and he is intense. And he is analytical, and he is creepy. Okay, and he would be perfect. You know what, though? Here's the thing, Joe. I'm gonna throw you. I'm, I'm throwing curveball here. I'm looking at pictures of of Jamie Dornan, and in a lot of these, he's got a beard, mm-hmm. and he's got that kind of like lighter colored hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, if you're gonna recast Aquaman and go for the Arthur Curry. This guy looks like he would knock that out of the park. And Aquaman is also dark and broody, especially the the King Arthur, Arthur Curry, you know, blonde Aquaman that we know. I, I can see that, but I feel like this guy's just got a physicality about him that's very like the the character in The Fall is very like he kind of does parkourish stuff to get into houses and stuff. Mm. Like you can see him playing Batman. Oh, got it. it. Was, got it. Like and he's and he's like just like I can see Aquaman being broody, but Jamie Dorden's character in The Fall is like stare into your soul broody. (laughs) 
where it's kind of like like just his look is unsettling you and i think that's kind of like one of batman's bags of tricks yeah. is just yeah. like my pure presence is going to creep you the fuck all out. right i'll have to check out the fall because he see his features seem too light when i think of bruce wayne i think of dark features and his features seem um, too light. i think you can darken him up i mean he's <laughs> he's not no i mean like he's he's like i don't see any good pictures i mean the, yeah like, i'm all, looking all i'm looking yeah the fall is very dark. It's shot very darkly to begin with, so I think I've just got that as a reference point. Yeah, he definitely has the look of of you know being one of these superhero uh, uh, in one of these superhero movies. So I like these choices you're coming up with so far. Minus Wes Bentley, get that fool out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what about okay? Um, so my my Wonder Woman idea, basically because I I actually love Gal. Gadot or Gato or good. Um, I loved her as Wonder Woman. And as we talked about on Geektitude when we reviewed that movie, there were parts of that movie that we absolutely loved. And my idea for the Wonder Woman movie would just be to expand on those. Keep same thing with what I wished for the first Thor movie. Like, you know, keep it on Asgard. And I think with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. keep the first movie at, at on Themyscira and just have it be that and let us see a real you know, a real origin for her. Let's, let's actually see her, uh, uh, compete for the role of this ambassador to the world of man, which is basically what Diana's supposed to be. Right. Um, and, mm-hmm. and doesn't she, I think, and I mean, this is a, again, this is a plot that's been done so many times, but isn't there elements in her story, her origin story of her, like concealing her true identity because she's a, she's the princess and she's not supposed to be chosen for this role. Is that right, Rob? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So again, I mean, let's, I, I would have loved to have seen that actually play out and the movie end with her leaving to the world of men, you know, like saying goodbye to the island and actually venturing out. Um, do you have, do you have a, a casting idea for, for this character? I do. Because, and I think we talked about this off air last time. Um, because I agree with you that Gal Goodot and um, Jason Momoa were so well yeah. cast, um, I think if you do have to recast them, you have to go completely different directions. Otherwise, they're always going to be compared. Like you can't recreate those casting choices. Yeah. Um, I I am big fans of those casting choices. So yeah, I would be perfectly fine. Just yeah, just do the movie. <laughs> but. Um, I for for Wonder Woman would use that character as your blind cast, and I have two different ways you could go. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of Gemma Chan. Gemma, do you know no. who she is? Gemma, Chan. Um, she's. I think her series that she's most known for is Humans. Okay, and she was in Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. Um, but she was also Minerva in Captain Marvel. So the one woman on the Cree strike team. Oh. So I know she can play action, but she's just, she's got this poise about her that is just hypnotic. And so I would really love to see, I want to see her do some big stuff because I think she's an amazing Do you think, I'm not, I'm not Um, as familiar with her on screen. You're saying that she has the athleticism as well to play, you know, a, a warrior goddess i think i think she could get there i think they would definitely have to kind of 
work her out. And yeah, I remember that was a concern with Gal right. as well, right? And she knocked it out of the park. Right, right. And and I th- I think I think anybody if they want it bad enough will do the work. Yeah, will put in the and work. I, and I can see I love her your putting idea in the too work. of like um, why not an Asian actress? Like this is a this is an island of Amazonians, you know? Like who says yeah, it has to be anything? Yeah. yeah. Now, if that's kind of on the younger side, uh, are you still with no, us, Rob? I'm I don't want to like cut I you out of it completely. I don't. It, it's that cross between wanting to see different versions of these characters, and like you said about Superman being a white dude from the you know Kansas, I kind of feel like Wonder Woman has to be Greek, right? Because she's she is they they worship the Greek gods, and she is molded, mm-hmm. you know, out of clay or is the illegitimate child of of um hippolyta and Ares. yeah and so that's a good you, point. Would, you would then have to unless you made Ares asian and made him like a an east asian god of war type of thing which Ooh. could be really which would be really interesting then i think you could do it but beyond that i feel like you know it made sense for um for aquaman because he is half human you can kind of do whatever you want with that, yeah. Um, yeah. and the important uh, the the importance of oceans to like uh, like Pacific Asian cultures made yeah. total sense. I was like, oh my god, that is fucking brilliant. You know, um, yeah. I would make a good point about no, the, I, the I, Greek I totally presence heard. of the Greek you know presence of, in Wonder Woman's story. I never considered that. Yeah, I, I I do. I was thinking about that, but I was like, you know what? There there was a lot of color on Amazon Island when we got That's our true. our um, Wonder Woman movie. So I was like, you know what? I don't. I'm, do I'm going to take a chance on this because you know, yeah. totally going to get made. The, do you <laughs> think favorite. broadening the pantheon of of gods and goddesses that Themyscira or Wonder Woman story draws from? like broadening it beyond just Greek. Do you think that would be, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like why does it just have to be Greek gods? Then you could pull in like a bunch of different cultures. And and, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, The one suggestion Matt had, and that actually kind of brings it in. If you had her like the daughter of, um, is it, um, what's the Hindu God of death? Um, Is it Kali? You're talking to the wrong guy on my end. I mean, I think think what Ray's talking about is something that's actually explored in DC Comics, which is called the Quintessence. Uh, Really? Yes. In the Marvel Universe, they're known as the Sky Fathers, which is a group of gods that include Odin and Zeus um, and uh, and other, you know, main leaders of of their pantheon. In the DC Comics, uh, the Quintessence is, I believe, also... Um, I'm going to get all of this wrong because it's Zeus. Uh, Ganthet, actually, of the Guardians is included in there, the Guardians of the Universe, the people that made the Green Lantern Corps, uh, and a couple of other of those, like I said, the heads of, of the different pantheons. They exist, but I, I don't know. I think if you were going to cast differently for Wonder Woman, in my because I know people were saying, oh, Gal Gadot wasn't you know, buffy enough or whatever. It's like, give, find me the biggest, most, give me a female bodybuilder that knows how to act. Because I love the comics uh, where Wonder Woman is taller than Superman and yeah. looks like she could kick the crap mm-hmm. out of him because she's an yeah. Amazon. And that's that typical idea of totally. the Amazon or these 
these uh, larger than life, huge, muscular, independent, strong women who, you know, depending on your version of, of Wonder Woman you read, like the way they reproduced was by finding ships of men, killing them all, mating with them essentially, and then, you know, or mating with them, then killing them, obviously, and then going back to their island. And that's how the Amazons reproduced. Um, so I liked that idea. And I think it's um, New Frontier, I think. Justice League New Frontier is where yeah. she is taller than everybody else. And I love that. That's where I would go. Yeah, that is. yeah I and I and if I if if there I just don't know that there's somebody like that out there right now. I mean, you'd have to it would have to be a completely new. What about movie. like Karen Gillan, who's behind a bunch of makeup on Guardians of the Galaxy? I suppose. Have you seen her in real life though? She's is tiny. she? I thought she's tall. No, she's very. She's slimy. five eleven. Gina Carano. Oh, that would be <laughs> that would be rad. How tall? You know, Gal Gal Gadot is five ten. So she's not short. No, she's not. Um, who is <laughs> Elizabeth Debicki? She's twenty eight. She's six three. There you she, go. She's now an you're she's an Australian actress uh, who was in uh, The Great Gatsby. Uh, and yeah, she 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 looks like she could pull it off. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I like, no, I like this idea though of like making the physicality of, of Wonder Woman, like, uh, you know, something that, that has to be present in the character. Right. It's the same mm-hmm. idea as making Batman slimmer. I mean, depending on the artist you had, um, oh, why am I suddenly spacing on it? Um, uh, who, who is the Norm Brayfogle or uh... no, 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 no. The artist that did, um, like Superman versus Muhammad Ali. I have no idea. Oh, uh, losing all of oh, my... Neil Adams. Neil Adams, thank you. Neil Adams always talked about how he drew Batman differently from everybody else because he drew him as a gymnast. So he's like, mm-hmm. he's built, but he's slim. He never, he didn't want him to look like Superman. Right. He didn't want him to look uh, the way, say, Frank Miller drew him, you know, as a giant, yeah. you know, rectangle of, yeah. a, of a person in uh, Dark Knight Returns. And it's it's that idea. It's, it's building, you know, if you're going to have a flash, he's got to be really slight. You know, he can yeah. still be... Mm-hmm. Yeah. muscular but he's got to look like an olympic runner and so i think you build off of that and i think for wonder woman then you find a, a female you know a bodybuilder type um yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, I don't I'm know, fine with that i don't know where you guys are sitting on time i'm happy to, to enter speed round mode here okay uh, and just have you guys throw throw names at me because i won't know any of them <laughs> i want to i want to go into phase two real quick for me it starts with the new gods um, because it, my plan for phase two would be to end with uh, a two-part Justice League movie. And after our, our last podcast, I was thinking of changing that to Crisis, just basically flipping, because I have phase two ending with Justice League, and I have phase three ending with Crisis. And I, I was thinking about switching it, but now I kind of like, I still like it where it is, because my idea for Justice League was to be split into two parts, so that part one, uh, uh, Dark Side wins, and part two... Uh, you know, Superman is the return of Superman. And uh, I would want him to be back and established for phase three to build to crisis. Um, but during phase two, I, I that's why I wanted to start with new gods. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited that, um, oh my God, Ava DuVernay is, is working on this film and it's being written with her and Tom King. Who's, yes. Yeah, I'm so excited for this movie. I do not know a lot about this property, 
uh, you know, Dark Side and Apocalypse and and uh, uh, who are some of the heroes? I know there's um yeah, New Genesis. So it's New Orion, Genesis. Yes, Light, Light Ray, uh, the Forever People. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought if New New Gods could be like Marvel's Eternals, right? And so. Um, to, to start the phase with that <laughs> or the other way around if it's no 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 it's the <laughs> yes I was gonna say the Eternals is is yeah because yeah it's, it's Marvel's yes, gods and exactly. then he went back over to Marvel and yeah the Eternals totally. off of that same idea but here's a, here's the situation because people are so unfamiliar with it you can uh, cast whoever you want in any of the roles you know that's true Orion can literally be any race on the planet and nobody's gonna care. Yeah, so long as yeah. it fits the character. And that's the benefit of doing something like why the Eternals are casting at the way they're casting, which is completely different, you know, absolutely uh, from the comic book. So in that and, in that case, you get to go buck wild. And in phase two, along with a, a part two to Batman and a part two to Wonder Woman, that's where I feel you come in with Flash and you come in with Green Lantern and you come in with Aquaman to kind of flesh out the, the rest of the of the Justice League, the uh, I guess, a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had as as one of my things with the GL core um, is that's also where you get to do your diversity uh, sort of playing around with it a little bit because you now have alien races. So you can cast whoever you want, however you want. I think some people are still going to want to stick to um, traditional casting, I suppose, however you want to put it for char- your main characters. If it's your Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner, um, Jessica Cruz. And uh, Simon Baz uh, characters, I think there's yeah, one. often I think there's one. You know, Alan Scott. Uh, I'm rolling off oh, all my green right. but the idea is you can do. They're basically space cops, so you build out your your space cops, and that gives you the opportunity to introduce new characters that might not even exist in the comic books. I know people mm-hmm. complain that you're not pulling, but then you can cast strong actors, and despite the fact that you know the majority of your characters are white men, this gives you an opportunity to really branch out and uh, mm-hmm. bringing more people of color into your film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I often wondered how Marvel felt about that because they obviously wanted to start with their core heroes, but, you know, they're all created at a time where by default they were white men. So it's like, darn, we still want to do Guardians of the Galaxy. We still want to do, you know, um, God, what's another one that they did in, in Phase 2? Um, but... You, you, we saw how they tried to bring in diversity where they could, mm-hmm, and right. you're right. Green Lantern should be this like epic space opera. It should be what Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of almost just kind of touching on in the first film, right? Right. Green Lantern, you can you can do this big, huge, sweeping space drama. It'd be great. In which I agree. Yeah. You just you need to find a younger Nathan Fillion. Like it's too. I almost think it's too <laughs> late now. Unless you do. He's the old one and training in the new person, but that's the reason he ended up voicing Green Lantern in, in several of the animated iterations. Yeah. Is because he was everybody's choice, not mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds. And I know part of that was because of Firefly, but it's because he plays a similar type of character. He needs to be really cocky, really stuck up. And then if it were me, and, uh, you know, Green Lantern fans tend to gnash their teeth at it, but I would do um, Emerald Dawn 2, which is where. Coast City gets destroyed, mm-hmm. he goes insane and he turns into Parallax and we get introduced to Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Yeah. We could do you, a then you could you build could a, do a good armor. version. Of, right. And you could do a good version of that story. Like just because you're yeah. basing it on a comic that was not that popular, well, you can still 
Go ahead. Tony, Tony Stark goes crazy and he builds Ultron, right? Um, right. And they don't spend nearly enough time talking about how all of that is Tony Stark's fault because of his hubris. So mm-hmm. if you want to follow in the steps of Marvel, you do the same thing with DC, except you, you use Hal Jordan because he's that same sort of – he doesn't have the money, but he's the same sort of cocky pilot character. And that gets the better of him. And it's that question of what if the ultimate villain in Infinity War ended up being Tony Stark? Yes. That's what you can get if you do it right mm-hmm. with the DC if you wanted to make Hal Jordan turn into Parallax and make that your villain. And then he goes to try and rewrite time the way he did in, in uh, Zero Hour. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, I had Jude Law as, uh, as Hal Jordan. Jude Law? Yeah. Oh, he's kind of old. <laughs> well, like I said, I have an older I have an older group. Yeah. Um, but especially if you're going to evolve him and then bring in a, a younger, um, I have Kyle, Kyle what's the Kyle last Rainer? Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Who's, Rainer. who's half, um, uh, what is it? He's of, I think it's Irish and Mexican descent, oh. I think. So again, you could play with casting there if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, I have, and you, Joe, you have your laptop in front of you? Uh, I don't have my laptop. I have my my computer. I have Ashley Walters uh, as John Stewart. He's a little bit older as well, but I saw I was doing research earlier today, and I saw him, and I was like, "That's John Stewart." I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and uh, again. Not super well known, but I think that's that can that's to a, be, a that's a benefit. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's my other thing with casting is I want unknowns. Like, yeah. show me relatively unknown people. Maybe somebody has seen them once in a TV or show or something. But I don't. I don't know because I, I think that's that other thing. Like, I don't know that there's the perfect Robert Downey Jr. has to be <laughs> Iron Man. Patrick Stewart has to be Professor Xavier. Yeah. Like, yeah. do the Wolverine thing where we're like, we don't know. Who's it going to be? Danny DeVito? I don't, you know, like, and everybody's talking around <laughs> all these ideas. Yeah. I have a really unpopular choice for Wolverine that my coworkers and I argue about all the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> really? You are... <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, give me a second to um, think of, uh, uh, I don't know why I'm spacing out right now. It's been a long day. Um, my... Okay, my choice for Wolverine, and it's it always comes with this one picture, this one picture that I found of him online where he looks the part. Uh, my my choice is Kit Harrington. It's it's Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. I can see that. I can totally see that. Uh, my coworkers are Game of Thrones like devotees. They're nut jobs, so they just like, what are you talking about? But I think he'd be perfect for Wolverine. If you scuff them up a bit, but we're we're getting way off track. We're we're always singing to Mar- say, sorry, sorry running. DC fanboys. Yeah, <laughs> we all always fall down into Joe. We're, we're yes. running long here. You said you were at a loss for Flash. I am. I I don't know what to do with Flash. I don't. I don't find anybody that's out there right now that is. Um, I don't know. I feel like he should be. It depends. There's so many flashes you can go with too. I just don't know. Do you guys have ideas? Yeah, the TV I, guy. I just. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. 
no, do it's it. true. Just do it. Everybody complains about it. Just do it and give uh, Melissa Benoit, Supergirl, like there. Just do it. Look, uh, Joe. I just sent you a name in the chat part. Uh, um, part of um, Zencaster. His name's Zo- Noah Centineo. He's been in a couple of Netflix things, and he's pretty popular uh, right now. But he's a he's still a, a young face, relatively. Oh unknown, yeah, I, I can guess. see that, and I think I've seen some stuff he's been in. Yeah, he's actually been in talks recently. I'm not sure if it was ever confirmed or not. It might have been confirmed. He's in talks to play He-Man in the upcoming Masters of the Universe uh, remake. Seriously? Yes, thank you. I was like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I'm like, what the hell? I think he did confirm the other day that he's actually in talks that they're, they're, yeah, they're thinking about that. Um, but no, I think he'd be great as the Flash. Um, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely, definitely see that. Um, I wish for, well, um, my, my Aquaman, I had two. Um, because I figured if we're going to do the complete opposite of Jason Momoa, we have to go with like blonde hair, um, <laughs> Arthur Curry. And I'm okay with that. I think it would be fun. I think it gives it a different, yeah. um, so either Alexander Skarsgård because Love it. he's just, he's like, he's got that presence, but it's not the same presence as, uh, Jamie Dorn- Dornan where it, like, yeah. it's just a different brooding or you yeah. go with, if you're going with bearded, like hook Aquaman, uh, Charlie Hunnam from um, Sons of Anarchy. I love his look for the role. I just think he can't act for shit. <laughs> um, I think. What I have think you seen him in that you really like? Oh, you still there? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear the last thing you said. Oh, what what have you seen him in the, in him in that you really like? Um. I've seen bits and pieces of him in, in like previews and stuff. I haven't seen a lot of stuff that he's in. He wasn't bad in Sons of Anarchy. Oh man, he ruined Pacific Rim for me. Oh really? Yeah, I just couldn't. Every time I was like, "Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you look great, but just just don't talk." Um, okay, you said you also had because just my my Justice League movies that I'm plan that I've planned. The two parter. The first part is an origin story for for Martian Manhunter. Everybody, because has, to me, you know, go ahead. yeah, just to me, Martian Manhunter. He, you know, I don't. To me, he's like the Hulk mm-hmm. in that maybe you know wouldn't be the best in his own movie, but as as you know, propping up in in other movies, I think would would probably be the best way to use him. Um, everybody wants Indris Elba. Me too, including me. That was my choice. Yeah, and that was who I had. I would also like. Um... Uh, what's his name? Originally, I would have loved uh, Dennis Haysbert. He's just too old at this point. Oh yeah, he is too old. He has the voice, but yeah, yeah he just got that that. Pres- I'm I'm big on presence. I mean, that's how I cast my shows. Like, if you can like, physically embody or give off the presence of the the character, that's that's who I'm going. Yeah. With. Um, but there's a guy yeah. named um. I'm gonna get the name completely wrong. Toby Unwumir. Um. Ooh. He's. Uh, an African actor, and he was in Sense Eight. Can you spell his last name? I want to look him up right now. O N W U M E R E. Okay. Oh yeah, totally. He was in what? What did you see him in? Sense Eight. Oh okay. 
Yeah, no, he's he's. Oh, you love that show. I love that show, and he's just got like. I think he could play it a little lighter than I think most people would play Mansion Man Hunter, which I don't think is the right. role for somebody to play. I can understand why he hasn't been in a lot of. Well, one of the reasons I was, I still think Idris Elba, even though he is getting older as well, um, I think he'd be good for the role because I, with all these younger new heroes, or you know, at least within the the DC universe, new to to, to uh, their stories, I think it'd be cool to play Martian Manhunter as. Uh, you know, a Martian who has been hiding amongst humans forever, mm-hmm. right? Like he's always been here waiting for the moment to either reveal himself or trying to find a way to play a, a part, his part in like helping our planet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think casting older for, for that character would make sense. And it'd just be a good way to just not have just a bunch of young people yeah. cast. But yeah, that's what I was thinking for. And um, all right, moving along. I don't know how many, how, how, how did you just cast, cast the seven? seven. That's Joe. Yeah. You got what I got. <laughs> that's all. That's all she wrote. <laughs> okay. Phase, phase three. Um, I, I was th- thinking to, to start with power girl for a couple of reasons. One, um, it would serve as like the captain Marvel presence in the DCU. Um, and two, I want to build phase three towards infinite crisis on infinite earths. And I know that power girl um, was Superman's cousin, right? Power girl is Supergirl from an alternate world. Right. Right. And so if um, in, in, in the end of the last phase or, or actually with this movie, we can start to introduce this idea of like, you know, multiple earths, right? Infinite earths. And so again, the, the first movie in the phase kind of sets up as not a bookend, but, but, you know, like outright, but just to start, you know, introducing these story ideas that we're going to be building towards. Um, and then Batman three would, uh, for, for me in phase three is where we have now like Batman's full supporting cast, Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, um, any casting ideas for those? Joe? How do you guys feel about Robin in a Batman movie again? I would love it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, do it. Absolutely. Oh, especially, good. Oh, especially nice. your idea of of if he's this dark and brooding guy and then he sees Superman and realizes there's another way of doing it. And so he seeks out uh, that way to brighten his own darkness. That's always what Robin sort of represented. Yeah. Um, once we got past the you know, it's the invention of the teenage sidekick in order to sell more comic books um, <laughs> and they tried to find a thematic reason for Robin. It was always. Uh, you know, Alfred being okay with it simply because here's this person and I trust that you're going to take care of this kid and he won't get in too much danger. Uh, and it's a way to keep you from going all the way down that deep, right. dark hole. Yeah. And, um, you know, becoming this monster of a human being that's just obsessed with, um, you know, your mission, which he still is, but it's the idea that it, it tempers that a little bit. I, I would, we don't have to get, in, oh, go ahead. Um, I, if, if we're going to get to like N- Nightwing age, um, Dick Grayson, I would love to see Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, yes. Yeah. I really like watching him. Yeah. Actually. He's, he's, I, I, I wish that Quicksilver was still in the MCU because I loved him in that mm. role. Yeah, well, he is now because they bought. Yes, <laughs> <character. laughs> bring him back. <laughs> uh, 
Um, we don't have to get into casting Robin, but what age do you think would you like to see Robin be in 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 a in a Batman movie? Like, are we talking like ten? Bring, um, no. I mean, I like the idea of things being moving on. I like the like. If you're going to have that Robin, it depends if you're going to do all the Robins. And when I say all the Robins, I do mean all, what is it, six of them, I think is a little insane. But I think it's important to do Death in the Family. It's important to have the first Robin who becomes successful goes on to become Nightwing. That's Dick Grayson, right? That's Dick Grayson. The second Robin, Jason Todd, who screws up, is too angry, is too violent, uh, is the wrong direction for a Robin to go. He ends up dying and then later on coming back, spoilers, as the Red Hood. Uh, and then uh, having Tim Drake, who's the first Robin who sort of earns his way into the role. But then you also have Damian Wayne and you have Stephanie Brown and, oh. you know, you go into the future, you have Carrie Kelly, you have, uh, you know, Ooh. all of these other characters who have um, either been Robin or served in a Robin-like role. I would like to get to the point of getting to Tim organically, mm. uh, but I don't know that we can have the same Batman for that long because I would want to watch an actor jump in at age 17, you know, whatever mm. as Robin. So we don't have to deal with a 12 year old kid out uh, fighting <laughs> yeah. bad guys with guns. Yeah. Uh, and then by the time we do the next movie, if you do the same thing Marvel does, which is the time between movies really happens in their universe or sometimes even more time Right. Uh, that, Oh, well now it's five years down the road. It's been, you know, four years since the last film was made. That actor has grown up a little bit. Now we have, you know, a kid who now looks like more of a young adult. And then maybe that's when you make the switch to Nightwing. And in that same film, you lose Jason Todd. And then the third film, you know, you have Nightwing and Batman's super dark. And that's where we get an introduction to Robin. Cause that's how Tim Drake does it. As he shows up, he, he uses detective skills. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that's his thing is he's the detective out of all of them. Um, what happens to Tim Drake once Damian Wayne comes into the picture? Stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> Rob does not approve things. <laughs> yes. They, okay. They change him. Yeah, he he takes on the moniker of Red Robin for a while um, okay. and uses a costume that first appeared in uh, Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, uh, yeah. And now I think, I believe in the comics, it's finally, he's just Robin again. So there's just multiple Robins, which is fine yeah, by yeah. me because, again... I absolutely push for the We Are Robin thing. I'm okay. Yeah, with that was great. I didn't yeah. even know about that. I want to go back and read that. Yeah, it's I okay. got that book. It doesn't end well because it ends in a big crossover. It, it lands with a bit of a, a thud. Um, mm. But the inciting issues are very strong. So one of my ideas for phase three in this DC universe was, you know, you start with Power Girl, you get a, a third Batman movie with the whole supporting cast, and then that's the last Batman movie, but you do still get that Gotham presence through other properties. Um, and then also filling out the rest of the DC cast for this big crisis on Infinite Earths showdown. So, you know, a sh- I, I, I mean... I had to do some research, Rob, and think, like, who are the other, like, main DC superheroes? I came up with Shazam, um, uh, Plastic Man as kind of like the Ant-Man, you know, of, of, of the DC universe. Okay. Um, I totally forgot about Buster Gold and Blue Beetle, and I think that's because, do they, have they had their own titles, like, ongoings? Booster Gold has, um, and Blue Beetle has. They have never had a blue and gold, which is kind of what they call themselves. I don't believe mm. they've had their own series. They were more um, Keith Geffen's Justice League International or in Justice League Europe is really where that known as the Bwahaha Justice League. 
is uh, where those <laughs> characters really took off. But Dan Jurgens created Booster Gold and then wrote a Booster Gold series, and he's actually had some really strong runs that I haven't read, oh, but I've really? read about. Yeah, yeah, and that leads into 52 and one year later, and um, that yeah, but Booster are... Gold is, is all about the timeline, and he becomes all about time travel because he's from oh, the future. Oh, perfect. Oh, and, perfect. Uh, so I, I have that written down in my thing as a way to explore things, but I'm I'm uh, I'm I like personally running out of time, so I, I don't know that I'll get into it. But I may do it <laughs> as I may do it as an episode of of um, and sometimes Rob, and so maybe I'll bug you, Ray, and, and try. And oh, get you. cool! We'll, we'll further dig into our own uh, uh, list in terms of building out that greater uh, DC film universe. Yeah, that sounds good. I don't, I, I, and also these sounds like characters that the general public doesn't have a lot of knowledge about. So that obviously opens up opportunities there for storytelling. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Okay. Let's, let's make yeah. this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like, I think the fact of the matter is if anything, just this conversation shows that there's really no excuse <laughs> for the DCU to have been as mistreated as it yeah. was. Like, there's so many possibilities. I think I think people just needed to take their time with it, and and they did. People just needed to not hire Zack Snyder. <laughs> Very first episode, Ray. <laughs> Zack Snyder. In your life. That's right. Oh my god. Yes, call back there. Good. Well, thank you, Rob. I know we have to get going, but um, thank you so much because when it comes to DC, that is definitely not in my geekitude, and yeah, and that's where I live. Yeah, so I'm Man. glad that we can get yeah. on here to to help us out with that. I, I I kept telling Ray we are not doing this without Rob. Yeah, that was great. You knocked it out of the park, man. I mean, geez, thank you so much. You bet. Apologies to all the other uh, DC fans out there that I I know that would be screaming. Uh, bloody murder that we never mentioned the legion of superheroes oh yeah <laughs> well, that, you know we we constantly call out for participation so guys that's right send us send us your ideas like what would you have liked to have seen what are your, some of your casting choices like i can guarantee you you want to start a dialogue where ray and i just get close to getting fired because we're spending all our time on slack <laughs> start throwing out <laughs> casting choices we will have oh, yes <laughs> we will definitely have opinions um, any shout outs for anybody? I do have a shout out. Um, I, in my research today, after signing up for Marvel Unlimited, uh, I found this really cool website called comicbookherald.com that has all these great lists on it. So if you're looking for a beginning, a beginner's guide for Marvel or DC, if you're looking to hit a catch up on all the big crossover events in Marvel, um, if you really want to get into the mutant side of Marvel or, or uh, that sort of thing, they have these really detailed, comprehensive reading lists on what titles and what issues you should be reading to, to do that. So shout out to Dave at Comic Book Herald. It's a really, really cool website. You should check it out. Seconded. Awesome. How about you, Rob? Um, my shout out is simply to the wife who's been uh, wonderful and understanding because I'm heading out of town for a couple of days. And every time I say that I'll, I'll be sitting down and, and have to just do one quick thing, or I'm going to record for, you know, about an hour, it always ends up rolling on to about an hour and a half. And I think she understands because it's comic books. So it's, it's never going to be as short as I, I think it is. Um, <laughs> we'll thank but, her for, but, for letting us borrow you for the evening. For yes, like exactly. But she's. She's been great and also, uh, you know, has been on a couple episodes of the new show as well, which is uh, really wonderful. Awesome. 
Uh, next week, we are going to be talking to the hosts of the Starship Therapies podcast, where they take um, all sorts of psychological things that you go to the therapist for, and they use fandoms to discuss it, because they're all about like using a common language to let people explain their stories. And I cannot wait for you to meet them, because they are absolutely amazing. Um, so that's next week. That sounds great. Yeah. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Dude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and sometimes Rob. Nothing. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Troidal Power, and make sure to join our Reddit community at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash geek2geekcast can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on apple podcasts stitcher google play and most other podcasters catchers out there please leave us a review and spread the word if you'd like to contact me you can send me an email at joe hogan at geektitude.com you can also follow the show on twitter at geektitude or me personally at epic grays gentlemen where can we find you i am on social media facebook dot com backslash Ray Vargas three and Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Ray Vargas three. And my website is Ray Vargas com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Noby. That is K N O W B Y. You can obviously go and search for and sometimes Rob or the comic box. Uh, they are both on the same feed to check out my show. And then I am usually around on the geek to geek slack. That's it. Thanks again, Rob, for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Hey, Geektitude listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming, and we love to talk about World of Warcraft and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that.